0: Hello,
1: Audio Art Hole 2. Hope you're there. I fudged the cliffhanger ending last time. It really should have been what happens next. But I couldn't quite risk such a bald spot. And so I asked, who'll be next up as a voice for Voxbox? You know, as if anyone was holding their breath. And then I heard that the Vox sounded like Fox. So I. Ah! Vox Box! The jukebox of spoken word singles. Anyway, I'll reveal the latest later. Meanwhile, back to last time. Yes, I was broadcasting from my mother's, and I felt I was living not only in Johnny's No Future, the No Future of the punk anthem, God Save the Queen. But um, a more topical, local, no future of the uh, gerontologist's featureless prediction of my mother's end and end days. Anyway, it's not all so bleak, but um, last time it was pretty bleak, as my bedridden mother watched the Queen on her 90th birthday on walkabout. Yeah. Just after I'd filed my report, um, I saw on my phone that Prince had died, and uh, I just kept staring at this news. It's sort of strange. And I thought, another person from my list of people born my year, Michael Jackson. Osama bin Laden has gone. Well, not that I'd really notice his uh, leaving, unless it had been main news. And what a day, what a coincidence. Ah, um, I don't know how to say this, but I'm always relieved when I don't actually know the person who's died. I don't feel nothing when the great icons die. But I don't or can't somehow join in with the enormous camaraderie of grief and its outpouring. I did sing Sexy Motherfucker, which is a song I really like. And it seemed kind of apt, especially to sing it in my mother's flat, because she used to call herself Motherfucker without it being, you know, a knowing um, term or name for herself, and uh, so I quite enjoyed singing that round the place, keeping myself going. After that, after the Queen's birthday, was her birthday, and she did turn 90 from her bed, and uh, got a lot of cards, and really a lot of flowers. And then I asked her if she'd tell the story of uh, an unwanted green ice cream, story from our shared past i think from 1961 or 62 she did tell it to me great great sort of humor and it was very clear so i asked if i could record it and explained i was actually going to st leonard's to make a film of it she looked at me with a bit of uh well bemused kindness she's always called my performances lectures and uh you know, has been very supportive given she really liked my flower paintings of long, long ago. Probably hoped I'd go on with flowery, happy work. Anyway, I told her I wanted to make the story into a film and put the film into a sweet jar in an ice cream and confectionery shop in Whitstable. Hmm. Yes, the flower paintings... Ah, and the answer to the cliffhanger, who will be the next voice on Voxbox, can now be revealed. It was, is, what? It will be John Smith, the artist, filmmaker, who is as modest as he is influential. It's hard to edit, John, the extraordinary tales of coming to film through making light shows for rock bands. And the details, the details of making bombs, just amazing. He told a wonderful story um, that really resonated for me about, about being selected from students at the Royal College of Art and National Film School to be in a series on television of uh, young experimental filmmakers, and, and how his father, who worked in a bank, was was you know, proud of this and, and told his governor, who was a film buff, you know, the bank manager, that his son John's film would be on television. And uh, later, when he next visited, you know, home, his dad you know, produced a letter from the bank manager which had tips in it, you know, advice saying, suggesting, or saying he should leave his images up for longer, etc., etc., Anyway, it brings me back to the flower paintings, because my mother liked being uh, told by similar authorities. I had flair and could probably make it in wallpaper or greetings cards. Recently, she asked a rhetorical question, which unsurprisingly could have come straight from footfalls. You know, a, a how much longer type of question. I said... You sound like a character from Beckett. Ah, poor man, she said, followed by quite a long silence. He knew. I repeated this and a, a few other strange, beautiful, rather otherworldly utterances of hers. And a friend said, you really should record her. But I couldn't just take her voice, her mind, at least not without permission. So I asked anyway if I could record the film of the unwanted ice cream. And she said, not record the film, record her telling the story of it, the memory of it. And she said, I could, so I did. And I sent it to Andrew Cotting and he said, your mother's voice in a sweet jar would be a better work. And uh, he enjoyed imitating her voice in all sorts of highfalutin tones. Ah, uh, which amused him more than me. I guess the danger of using loved ones in works that go public is that you risk their ridicule. I'm not sure how public this is. It doesn't feel at all public right now, just sitting at home on my own. But I don't think I'm going to put my mother's voice in a sweet jar. Anyway, here it is.
0: Oh, that was very embarrassing. You were eating the ice cream, and I said, ''Don't you like it?'' And you said, ''No, I don't.'' And I threw it over my shoulder, and it landed on a man who was sitting behind me on his seat, <laughs> and it landed on his private part. <laughs> and I went round with a towel, and I said, ''I'm so sorry.'' And his wife said, take your hands off my husband. (laughs) I said, I'm just here to apologise. but she said, I don't think it's a wise thing to just throw your ice cream over your shoulder. I said, no, it was very stupid of me. And she said, it certainly was. I said, Oh. oh, my God. But anyway, that episode passed. Quite amicably, but very suspicious.
1: But she didn't like you touching him, dabbing him. No, she didn't. No.
0: As though I was possessing him. I wasn't, (laughs) I had no intention of touching him. (laughs) Oh, dear.